live on 12 Ounce Sports. What's up? Good morning. Cody Jansen with your World Hockey Report live coming to you on this Friday, January 31st, final day of the month. 8.02 local time up here in the Great White North, the great province of Alberta. How's it going? What a week of hockey. Oh my goodness. For it being shortened due to the All-Star break, it's felt crazy. And that Battle of Alberta, Wednesday night, that really took the cake. Crazy game. Of course, we are going to be talking about that, without a doubt. There's there's some, you know, just, just maybe little finer points of the games that get brushed over that I do think need mentioning. So we are going to talk about some of that stuff. Some injury news from the NHL. Never fun to talk about. Hey, NHL 2020, the draft rankings have come out. There's been a lot of changes, especially after that World Juniors. And for, for something that myself and, you know, the others that cover so closely, it's very interesting to see the correlation between how good World Juniors can really hype some people's stock. And I love it. I love it. So it makes that tournament great. And, of course, we'll hit you with a couple of weekend bets because why not? Show brought to you by mybookie.ag. Use the promo code 120ZSports, and they'll match your deposit up to $1,000 on mybookie.ag. Bet mybookie this weekend. And just for being a 12-ounce sports radio listener, you are going to save some money. 12-ounce sports. Hey, there's a lot of changes coming up with 12-ounce sports, too. So you don't want to miss that because... Come February 3rd, the game's being changed. 12-ounce sports taking over. The wave's going from Radio Row at the NFL Super Bowl, March Madness, everything in between. 12-ounce sports, it's going to the moon. Come on. Everyone loves it. Hey, no guests today. A little bit of confusion there. Didn't get something arranged in time. Do apologize about that. We'll make sure. We'll make sure Monday's show is A+. Plus. But let's go back to that Battle of Alberta. We got to talk about it because it had a little bit of everything, and now it's got people thinking, that's the playoff series we need. I don't disagree. I really don't. I like the fights. Sean Monaghan gets in his first NHL fight. Finally. Takes on Nuge. Spirited tilt. I love seeing that. I do. I, I would... As crazy as it sounds, I would rather see two legitimate star players throw knucks. I mean, you might as well chuck them. Then, then just a couple of heavyweights and a big tilt where maybe it's not as necessary. Not to say that Nugent Hopkins and Monaghan was necessary, but I, I just think that there's a little bit more realness, intensity. I don't even know the official word I would use on that one, but it felt good. I liked it. It brought the intensity up. Hey, how about Lucic getting in on that first goal? Oilers fans try to keep that one quiet. Uh, it happens. It happens. Hey, Lucic with a point against his old team. Calgary looked strong, though. Calgary came out pretty good. The, the Oilers had 16 or 17 shots in that first period. It was pretty crazy. Mangiapane with two goals. How are you? Fun fact. No one on the Oilers was a plus player in this game. Dreisaitl had two points in the win to lead the team. 
We haven't talked too much about the Kachuk Cassian thing. I mean, I, I feel like everyone's beat that to death. I said I wouldn't be surprised if it happened. I wouldn't be surprised if it didn't happen. I think most people got the uh, over-under on fights. I set it at two and a half. It was two. I, I agree with a lot of people. I mean, we talked with Escott, Supernalt, where, yeah, set it at one and a half. The over's probably pretty easy to hit, but two and a half makes you think a little bit, and it, it still is 2020. I mean, guys aren't all about fighting. They know how important the points are. They, they I mean, they know how important staying healthy is. You get bumped to the lineup pretty pretty damn quick. But I, I respect Kachuk for what he did. I think Cassian respects him. I think the league respects it. And, I mean, Cassian even said, hey, you know what? I was happy you did it. Played a little bit of mind games with him before, and that that's all good. That's all part of hockey. I don't think anyone there is going to fault him for it. Thought it was pretty exciting. Not, a, not an amazing tilt or anything. I mean, I think Kachuk was happy just to, to get it over with and be able to continue playing the game. Didn't want to have to eat any big lefts. He couldn't get his left arm though right away. Cassian, smart Cassian, backed away and right away turned that right shoulder inside. So he just frees up that left, make sure, make sure that Kachuk can't grab it. And he started throwing big ones. Smart. I mean, that's a guy who's fought before. Kachuk, sure he shed the mitts, but not quite with a guy of that extent. Gotta respect him though. You really have to respect him. For stepping up to the plate there. A couple other facts from the game that I thought did kind of get looked over. Um, this was really cool. Leon Dreisaitl, he's one of eight players in the NHL with over 100 end-to-end rushes this season. That's skating the puck from the D zone to the offensive zone. And he had, he had a game high of eight rushes against the Flames. That's pretty impressive. When you think about puck control, when you think about guys with wheels, right there shows, I mean, that's a one-man breakout. That really is. 100 rushes. And there's only eight in the NHL. I don't know who the other eight are. I just thought that was a, a pretty interesting stat that, that really shows, I mean, solid control. You're not turning it over in the middle. Yeah, he made a couple of stupid passes across, but at the end of the day, I mean, give him some speed, give him the puck. He's pretty good at controlling it, and he really is. He's a good one-man breakout. So you got to give him props where that is due. Mike Smith had 25 saves. David Riddick had 31. What was your thoughts on Riddick selling? I know Adam had a couple of hot takes there. Uh, the, the, the Bautista bat. It was an interesting one. Never seen it done before by a goaltender. Not sure I'll ever see it done again. But he plays on the edge. He's got a little bit of fire. I like that. I honestly think he learned a lot of that from Mike Smith. Mike Smith's a guy who's on the edge every single game. He's playing with intensity. Not afraid to, to open his mouth, show his emotions. And I think Riddick needs a little bit of that. So yeah. I, I mean, I was a fan. I don't see why why someone wouldn't be. It's interesting. Gives the, gives the NHL a little bit extra highlights for their, their package at the end of the night. I don't think it was cocky or disrespectful in any way. 
I don't think any Oiler is going to be running Riddick because of it. Hey, if you don't want him to sell, he will just score. It's a shootout. You got all the time in the world. One-on-one. 50% chance. Be better. I mean, for Dreisaitl, he just exposed himself to that poke check. When he's one-dimensional, he doesn't have his blade cocked. Everyone knows he wanted to pull it over to his backhand. He's got that big blade. He's not really a, a, a shoot-first type of guy. Whereas if he can get the goalie going left to right like he wanted, then Riddick really just cut it off. One other thing before the game there. People were talking a little bit about the Cassian New Deal was a distraction. I don't think it was a distraction. I think what's more of a distraction, and I'm sure these guys aren't scrolling through Twitter and stuff before the game, but people trying to compare Zach Cassian to Tom Wilson? Give me a break. Zach Cassian plays with Connor McDavid. Tom Wilson doesn't. They're not even comparables. Wilson's got a cup. He's a proven guy, night in, night out. Cassian, you take him off McDavid's line, and he's a totally different player. He is. He is. That's just, that's a fact right there. I don't think anyone would argue with that. And if you do, hit us up on Twitter at World Hockey RPT. I'm on Twitter at Janner31. Last thing, before we go to commercial break here, quick. The Giordano hit, clip, call it whatever you want. It wasn't as bad as other fans are making it seem. Giordano's not the dirtiest player in the NHL. And if you think that, you're delusional. You're clueless. I mean, look at it. Yes, he has to get a piece of him. He, that's his job. He doesn't stick out his knee like a clown trying to go for McDavid's knee. He knows that if McDavid's going to try jump around him and avoid a hit, he's got to try to get some piece of him to slow him down. Any defender's going to do that in their right mind. No one's just going to let him fly around because he's Connor McDavid. No one. No one will. Especially not in the Battle of Alberta. So why people think that Giordano shouldn't try and make any contact with McDavid is wild. Here's how that whole play breaks down. If McDavid doesn't try and jump out of the way of Giordano to get around him. McDavid takes a straight line right at Giordano. He steps up perfectly. Boom. Probably gets crushed. Probably a big hit. And, I mean, sure, McDavid's not going to be happy about it. But yet again, you can't just jump out of the way and expect him to react to where you're jumping to. It's a game, it's such a split-second decision. And when you got one of the fastest players in the NHL, like Connor McDavid, no one can react that quick. So yes, is going to try to get a piece of him. And as Dave Tippett said, it's more of a clip than a knee. And honestly, it's not dirty. It doesn't deserve a penalty. And I, even if Connor McDavid falls down, well, why'd you fall down? It's because he tried to jump out of the way of a hit. Stay in the lane. Stay on the highway. Don't jump out. And for Oilers fans, calling Giordano dirty for that? His hit at the end of last year that, you know, put McDavid in serious injury trouble when he dove towards the net in a meaningless play, that's a lot more dangerous. That's a lot dirtier of a play. Although I don't think it's completely dirt. I mean, I don't think someone's going to get a five-game suspension for it, but that's an unnecessary play that the NHL could probably try to get rid of, especially in a meaningless game where, for one, I think as soon as the games get meaningless, why is McDavid playing? I mean, teams have to start realizing this, don't you? I mean, what happens if someone like McDavid or a star player 
ends up being out for a season because of something stupid like that. Even half a season. It's too crucial. These guys are too critical to your team to sell a few tickets. I don't give... I, I, I really don't care what fans think. If you're disappointed that Connor McDavid's not playing in game 82 of a meaningless hockey game, it doesn't matter. It shouldn't matter. Why? Because the team's got to be first. And if you're a GM or a head coach, what you want more than anything at the end of the season is to have your players healthy, ready for off-season training, and heading back into the new season at 100%. That's what you want. You don't want to see anything else. Okay, rant went a little bit long. Got to go to commercial break. Hey, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit of draft rankings. I did see Bob McKenzie released his list, had some thoughts on that. A lot of changes after the World Juniors. Really interesting to see. We're going to talk about that after the break. It's World Hockey Report live on 12-Ounce Sports. We're back. It's World Hockey Report live. Coming to you on the 12-Ounce Sports Radio Network. Friday, January 31st, 8.21 local time here. Out in the Great White North, Alberta, coming to you across the 12-Ounce Sports Network. Everywhere you are listening, watching, hey, we appreciate it. And we hope you help out our sponsors like Seat Giant. SeatGiant.ca is a revolutionary ticket-buying experience. Lowest fees, great prices. You got to see where you're sitting. Any venue, any sports, any event, concert, whatever you want, SeatGiant.ca. They'll hook you up. It's in Canadian prices. Use promo code 12OZSports and you'll save some money on your next ticket buying purchase at SeatGiant. Promo code 12OZSports. Simple as that. Go check them out. Support our sponsors. We really hope you do. Alrighty, hit us up on Twitter anytime, of course, at World Hockey RPT. Of course, I'm on Twitter at Janner31. I, w- I will get to the draft rankings, but first, we gotta mention it. Thomas Hurdle. Thomas? Tomas Hurdle? I don't know. I mean, depends if you're Czech or not. Don't mean to make a joke of his name. Hey, horrible news. Horrible news there. Torn ACL, MCL. He's out for this season. That's a massive blow to the San Jose Sharks. That's a guy who's a leader, a goal scorer. He really just provides so much to that team. And it really sucks that, you know, a guy like that has to go through an injury like this now. I mean, it's tough. It's a, it's a tough thing to go through. And for San Jose, that's not a team that's getting any younger. That's a team where this is honestly probably one of their last years before, I'm not going to say they got to blow it up, but they got to figure something out. They really do. He's got 36 points in 48 games this season. That's second on the team. I guess he's tied with Couture. Carlson is the only one with more. Damn, Eric Carlson. Not a bad season there. He's got 37 and 51. That'll work. That'll work for a D-man. Still, his mobility is a little bit of a question, but hey, we won't rip on him right now. Just sucks for the Sharks. I mean, this is a team with so many struggles as is. Now to lose a guy like Hurdle... 
That's like a kick in the shins after you've been punched in the gut. Still hurts. Still hurts. And it just adds to it. So, yeah, sucks. I mean, if you're a Sharks fan, sorry. I would say there's always next year, but honestly, I think your clock's expired. You had a great decor, and you, I mean, you blew it. You blew it with mediocre goaltending, mediocre scoring, and I mean, I'm not going to go after DeBoer or any coaching, but I mean, you had a chance in the Stanley Cup Finals. You run into a hot Penguins team. And other than that, you never could get back to that standard. Someone's at fault. I don't think you can blame Joe Thornton either. (laughs) All right, moving on. Draft rankings. Bob McKenzie released his top 62. So I'm going to start at 62 and go down to 1. No, 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 that's not going to happen. No, not at all. Um, I'm just going to go through the list here, kind of uh, mention a few guys who I did see, you know, play at the World Juniors and stuff, thought a few really stood out. I mean, it's pretty clear Lafreniere and Byfield are still 1-2. I think Lafreniere, especially with his World Junior uh, comeback performance, I'll call it, he really secured that first spot. Although Byfield at number 2 still has the potential to be a heck of a player. I mean, that's a 6-4, 6-5 centerman can produce offense, can play a 200-foot game, and he is going to be a stud. One guy he really reminds me of, though, Pierre-Luc Dubois. That would be my comparison right now. Tim Stutzel goes up to number three, the German forward. Played a lot on the wing, I guess. I mean, he can also play up the middle, too, as he does in the Dell. But, boy. His stock has just risen. Oh, my goodness. I mean, he was an absolute weapon out there. He was one of the reasons they're in games with Russia, Czech Republic, the Americans. I mean, Stutzel's an absolute stud. Germany, their problem is they only got four guys. So, yeah, it's tough. It's, it's not an easy feat by any means. But still, they're staying up. They were good. They were, they were a heck of a hockey team there. Probably shouldn't have even been in a relegation. I mean, kind of get the rod and the stick. The Czechs got that extra point against the Americans, I believe it was. But Stutzla at number three, that's another guy who he's he's going to be able to, to play a year or two in the American Hockey League, and then he's going to be NHL ready. Like, he's already playing against men. So this isn't a draft pick where you're thinking, oh, three, four years down the road. This is a guy who, in a couple of years, will step on to your second team power play. Maybe even your top line. I mean, he's got so much offensive potential. He moves the puck so well. He's got such a good, like, nose for the net. Maybe that's a cliche term that gets overused, but he really does. Watch that power play. I mean, go back and watch a Germany game or just watch some highlights. How they set up their 1-3-1, he would swoop up top, he would get a pass, and he just attacks the net. And I mean, he's got multiple passing options, he's also a threat to shoot, he's, he's just that ultimate forward. I mean, you want him on your power play nine days out of the week. He's that good. Moving along, Drysdale moves up to four. Good old Canadian D-man here. He was good at the World Juniors. Played a lot of big minutes as a draft eligible. Took in a pretty good role. Uh, Raymond and Holtz from Sweden there at 5'6". 
Perfetti's kind of dropped a little bit. But I wasn't... Not that I wasn't impressed with him at the World Juniors. But he certainly wasn't Lafreniere. He, he certainly wasn't Stutzla, Drysdale. So, I don't know. He, he really just wasn't that impressive, if I'm being frankly honest. Yaroslav Askarov at number 10. I still have a hard time believing that someone is going to draft him at 10. I've got multiple concerns with this. Just, you know, being a Russian goaltender, it's going to take time to get over. I mean, is this going to be a Sorokin? Is this going to be a Koskinen? Shostorkin? It doesn't always work like that. It really doesn't always work like that. When's the last time a right-handed goaltender has been a successful starter for multiple seasons in the NHL? When? When? Steve Mason, Hutchinson, Tom Barrasso, Rick DiPietro, Jose Theodore. It just doesn't happen. There's a different dynamic to it. There really is. It's so much different than just a right-handed shooter and a left-handed shooter. Being a right-handed catching goaltender just doesn't seem to work as well. And I don't know, is it because the majority of NHL players are left-handed? And so you've got a little bit of extra wiggle room where now instead of, you know, dragging to shoot it towards the glove side, you're dragging it and you're putting it blocker side low, which is a lot easier to do than pushing the puck before shooting. So I think that's got a huge key factor. I mean, when I think of times where Jose Theodore and Steve Mason are getting beat, Guy is really coming down the pipe, coming down that right side, little drag, little shot. And everyone knows if you're a goaltender going low blockers, I mean, it's the toughest place to make a save without a doubt. And now you're just increasing it because of the amount of lefties in the league. It'll be interesting. Interesting to see. I'm not going to write him off. I'm not going to write off an 18-year-old from being an NHL stud or anything. But I, I mean, honestly, I might pass if there's a better option. Lundell at 11. Caden Gooley up to 12. That was a big shocker. Not that I don't like his game because I really do, and I've pumped his tires a lot, but 12's pretty high. That really is. But, man, he is one of the ideal D-man. I think in his first year of juniors, this is such an unofficial stat, I probably shouldn't even be saying it, but when he was a 16-year-old in PA, they went on that big run, like playoffs, Mem Cup. I believe in total, he played like 85 games, maybe even more. I, I wanted to say 90, but it might have, it, uh, it's around 90. It's crazy. Just the amount of, of total. This is, this is regular season. This is playoffs. Everything in between. Do a quick search for this. Because this is a this is a crazy stat. I mean, I, as much as I want to just wing it and give you guys a number, I actually want to do my due diligence. Because this is a big D man, you know, six foot three, hundred ninety pounds. I guess he's now eighteen. So he played 
88 plus the three in the mint. 91 games as a 16-year-old. Plus, he played eight the season before. I've already thrown off my math, math here. So he played 99 games in the Western Hockey League before he was, before his second season, before his 17-year-old year. That's crazy. Think about it. 99 games before the end of his 17-year-old year. That's what Caden Gooley did. That's a workload and a half for a 16-year-old. That's insane. And yeah, I mean, I, I see he's got some tendencies even comparable to that Mertz Sider. High guy to compare him to. But I think a lot of the scouts are seeing the same. I really do. A lot of potential there. So that was just the guy I wanted to pick out as well. You got Braden Schneider from Brandon. The D-man, he's at 14. Holloway from Wisconsin's at 16. That John Jason Paterka. Another German forward play. I mean, he was he was Stutzler's right-hand man. He's up to 20 now. Pretty nice there. Seth Jarvis, undersized center from Portland. Having an unreal season. He's at 24. Also, looking in that, you know, first few rounds, the only other goalie, Nico Doss. And they got him at number 60. So that would be end of the second round. The way he played the World Juniors, I thought he was fine. I mean, having a great year. I think he's a mid-second round pick. I honestly think that's a little bit low for him. Not to say I'm going to take him over Askarov or anything, but I, I would not be surprised to hear his name called a little bit earlier. He's going to get the World Juniors next year at home. Got to assume he'll be a starter there. He's got his foot in the door. I don't even think anyone's going to fault him after one bad game against Russia. I mean, he opens up the tournament with a win over the Americans. Then Joel Hofer comes in, and Hofer's an absolute stud. He's a weapon. He plays through it. He wins gold. Tough to kick a guy out of the net like that. But now you got Dawes, a little bit of experience, going to be going into Edmonton next year for the World Juniors. It's a big year, but I, I mean, I would have no problem seeing a team take him in the second round. I really wouldn't. All right, we're going hit a commercial break. Yikes. Combining a few words right there. Watching some Jack Eichel highlights. He's got 30 rips now. Crazy. What a player. What a player on such a bad team. It's not even like he's on Edmonton. Like, this is a team worse than Edmonton that spends money worse than Peter Shirelli. That's Jack Eichel's situation right now. That's why all the seats in Buffalo are empty, and it's an absolute shame. Won't get into that, though. Hey, we're going to a commercial break. Come back. Let's talk some weekend bets. Maybe a few other things. I saw some things on Twitter. Crazy, crazy attendance records. That's one. That's one we'll get to. We come back. It's World Hockey Report Live on 12 Ounce Sports. Cody Jansen with you on World Hockey Report Live. Come down to 12 Ounce Sports. It's going to be a good one. Friday, finishing off the work week. Nice weather for the weekend, especially if you're up here in the Edmonton, Alberta area. Going to be beautiful. Maybe hit up the ODR. If you're not going to be watching Rough and Rowdy tonight, I am. I mean, I, I don't want to like cross-promote too much, but if there's one event I do enjoy, it is a good Rough and Rowdy. 
not even going to lie, a little bit. Hey, new partnership for you. If you haven't heard about it, 12-Ounce Sports, we're now on TV. And hey, even more changes coming February 3rd. You got to be ready for that big announcement. Huge changes coming February 3rd. But 12-Ounce Sports, we're now on Zingo TV. Select content, special shows, game replays, everything you need. Channel 761 on Zingo TV. 761, remember that. And hey, when you sign up, it's completely free. Use the promo code 120Z. So when you sign up for Zingo TV, promo code 120Z, you got to watch all your favorite shows, hosts, and games right there. Zingo TV, they got the app, they're online. Easy as that. Everyone's streaming TV nowadays. Everyone knows that. You don't even need cable anymore. Hey, if you got a smart TV, it's game changer. It really is. Zingo TV, 12-ounce sports. We're now on there. Just a TV channel, not a big deal. How are you? What's up? Good Friday. Let's talk some hockey. It's World Hockey Report Live. Connect with us on Twitter at World Hockey RPT. I'm on Twitter at Janner31. People are still freaking out about that FHL video. I wanted to bring this up before because our mentions are still absolutely blowing up. I don't remember. I might have brought it up on a different show. It was I some ex-NHLer's son, I guess. I didn't really pay attention. It, I didn't really do too much research into the Federal Hockey League. I apologize. But Buddy just rips a clapper into the Carolina Thunderbirds bench. I believe it's Carolina. I believe it's the Menton Icebreakers. Mentor? Menton? I don't know. One of the icebreakers, guys, rips a puck in there. Every, a couple of guys come off the bench, try to attack him. He spears someone. I mean, everyone's like, seems so shocked by the spear. It's like, hey, he just ripped a clapper into someone's bench. Like, I don't think he's afraid of getting a four-minute spearing penalty here. But hey, it's end of the game. Whatever. Someone said the icebreakers can't beat him. I mean, I'm not going to say that's an excuse or anything, but get again. It's the Federal Hockey League. It's literally what Slapshot makes fun of. It's, I mean, they, they scrape together a league year after year. You had some horrible markets. Oh, my goodness. Just, what a league. I mean, look into it yourself. Like, I yeah, we poke fun at it a little bit, but come on. Like, it's not too surprising to have us. Like, last year, you got the owners, like, beating up refs. You got, like, coaches coming on the ice. Every other game, it seems like a coach is playing. You got an emergency backup. They had goalies broadcasting from the bench. I mean, it, it's something else. It's interesting. Not even to mention the late payments. Guys making 100 bucks a week. They can't get paid on time. You got 10 guys living in a dorm. It's the life. It's pro hockey, right? It's the Fed, baby. Hey, uh, no, I just wanted to mention that because it's still blowing up. I don't even know what we're at now, like 27,000 views. So not bad, but everyone just keeps quote tweeting it. So got to bring that up. Uh, Justin Bieber and Jordan Bennington. Bieber releases that video, shirtless, toucan, all tatted up, some neon turquoise shorts, good stick handling skills. I'm going to give him credit for that. Boy, he's whipping up and down in there. Maybe the video is sped up. I don't know. I'm not going to comment. He does kind of blow it like Marchand at the end. But still, he left it in there to play mind games with Biddington. Here's the thing. Bieber's a step ahead. 
Bieber's like, oh man, if he thinks that I'm messing up, I think I'm going to drop it like that. He's not going to be worried. He's not going to have to prepare. That'll be fun. That's going to be such fun content. That's what I like about the NHL. That is, that's so good. And I, Adam tweeted it out. He said, see what you want about the guy about Bieber chirping Benetton being a huge Leafs fan. So good for the NHL. It's all free publicity. It's great. It's great for the game. And when they shoot a content piece, it's going to be millions and millions of views for the NHL just because they're starting to interact like human beings. And it's awesome. I really do like that. Hey, we had an attendance record I did want to bring up. The Crowchild Classic. If you're not from Alberta or Canada, you probably don't know what it is. And hey, I can't fault you for that. But it's uh, University of Calgary versus Mount Royal University. They play it in the Saddle Dome every year. I always I always enjoy it. I, I think it's something, it's very cool that they put that on. It's a big school event. We don't really have college and high school sports like they do down in the States. It's all pretty lame up here. I was going to talk about high school hockey and how Canada could incorporate that, but uh, long-winded, kind of starting to run out of time here with the topics we still got to hit. But hey, the Crowchild Classic was awesome. And for the University Women's Game, they had over 10,000 fans in attendance, or 10,000 tickets sold. Whatever, that's just the reported attendance, over 10,000. That's great. That is unreal, because aside from international hockey events, I would have to say, I, I doubt, I don't know, if any university or college women's games ever got that much. I... I know they said it was a record for, for Canada, I believe, but I feel like that's probably women's sports in general. No, not even take a jab at them. Like, even the Canada-USA uh, rivalry series, like, they're hosting it in Victorian stuff, and they're, you know, they're, they're getting 5,000, 6,000 fans. 10,000 for a university, that's crazy. But that's awesome to see. I mean, hey, it's all part of the girl in the game, right? People are going to go watch it. People are going to get excited about it. I think a lot has to do with how it's marketed. And that's one thing that college and university sports have always had. They've always had a brand that, you know, it, it relates, it correlates with a lot of people just due to going to the school. Whereas, you know, making up a, a pro hockey team doesn't correlate or relate with anyone. No one no one grew up a Minnesota Whitecap or a... I don't even remember the other one, like Boston Cannons, Boston Pride. I don't remember. But, like, no one no one grew up playing for them. No one's associated with them unless you're actually a part of the organization, you're a fan. But no one's just associated by where they go to school or where they live, where their parents went. So, obviously, I mean, University College Hockey has that marketing down, which good for them. Freaking right. Bringing 10,000 plus, that's awesome. I thought that was really cool to see and definitely deserves a shout out. Before we get to our NHL bets, I did I did say I'm going to mention the ACHA college rankings. I'll give you the top three in each. Uh, or top four, I guess, because the other ones have their divisions. So you got Adrian, Liberty, Minot State, and Lindenwood in D1. Liberty had the biggest jump. They went from number six up to number two. In Division Two, yet UMass Amherst leading the way there in the Northeast. Florida Gulf Coast, they're just a wagon in the Southeast. Uh, Sioux College, 1D3 National Championship, went up to Div 2 this year, and they're still kicking ass. They're top of the Central. And in the West, it's University of Mary out in Bismarck, North Dakota, I do believe. 
I don't know, they played with like Minnesota or something. Kind of a weird one, but hey, they got a good program. They're sitting number one in the West, so big shout out to them. Division three in the North, you got Hope College at the top. I believe they won nationals last year, the year before. South Region, University of Tampa. Tops those rankings. Atlantic, it's Dartmouth College. It's kind of shocking. Did not expect uh, that one. That's a little bit of a curveball. And the Pacific, you got Air Force. So some new names up top in Div 3 this year. Got to check those out. Of course, our boy Captain Lou calls the games, nationals, all that stuff. He's an absolute beast behind the mic. He's 12-ounce sports' finest right there. Taking a look at some bets. Of course, if you're going to play some, go to BetMyBookie. That's MyBookie.ag. BetMyBookie is their uh, Twitter hashtag handle. Whoops. Uh, Yeah, MyBookie.ag. Use promo code 120ZSports. And they're going to match your deposit up to $1,000. In free bets. Okay, I've only got lines for tonight. Don't have lines for tomorrow yet. It is kind of disappointing. But you get Pittsburgh at home. Puck line plus 145. Really liking that one. Really, really, really liking that one. The Pens at home, they're good. The Flyers on the road, not good. See what I'm saying? Yeah, makes sense right there. The Oilers are underdogs against the Blues at home. And as much as I do think that the Battle of Alberta wore on them a little bit, and then they got to play tomorrow, that could be in their head. But still, at plus 115 on the money line, not horrible. Not horrible. There you go. I will give... Oh, I'm not going to ride with the Oilers. No, that's a, that's a... Use your own discretion. Go with Pittsburgh. Puck line, plus 145 on the Pens. So that's you put down 100, you get 145. Simple as that. Here's my top bet for Saturday, though. You got the Flames and Oilers. As much as I would love to say put the house on the Flames... The Oilers, you're bound to get revenge at some point. Is it going to be right now? I don't know. All it takes is a hot goalie. That's what's scary. That's what's very, very scary about that. Here's one that I do like, though. The Winnipeg Jets at home against the St. Louis Blues. The Blues have played a lot of hockey, and it's a lot of tough hockey. That's why I like that one as well. Maple Leafs and Sens don't have a line for the over, but crush it. Crush it. Whatever it is. Just just hammer it. Maple Leafs and the Senators cannot play a low-scoring game. I would not be surprised to see that line open up at 7. I wouldn't. I really wouldn't because these two teams, all they do is score. And, I mean, their, their defenses are both pretty weak. So right there, that's your Saturday bets. Leafs and Sens crush the over jets at home probably just on the money line that's a fair one and tonight pittsburgh on the puck line should we do nfl i feel like we should although i i mean i I can't say i'm as educated as i probably should be san francisco they are the dogs by one and a half points kansas city Minus 115 on the spread, minus 125 on the money line. Here's two here, here's two we'll go with. The over at 56 and a half, I don't like it. 
I don't want to say bet the under because I always want to see points. But here's two for you. Go with Kansas City on the on the spread for regulation. And on the up by a half. Half a point in the first half. That's going into half. They're up by a point. Literally, one point. Doesn't seem like a lot. Doesn't seem like a lot. You can't parlay it on my bookie. So you can't go both together. But that's two separate bets. You know, decent value. I'm not going to say it's bad value at all. I mean, you're, you're pretty much doubling your money to a certain extent. I'm on the Chiefs for this weekend. I know we're not big Super Bowl guys. I don't even know if I'm going to watch the entire damn thing. But end of the day, that's what's happening this weekend. It's World Hockey Report live. Of course, connect with us on Twitter at World Hockey RPT. I'm on Twitter at Janner31. Back here on Monday, same time, same place. Have a good weekend. Stay safe out there, everyone. Back here on 12 Ounce Sports. Monday morning, 8 o'clock sharp. See you then.